This is the Unscripted Podcast. What's up, everybody? What is happening? It's a cool 80 degrees here in South Mississippi today. Ooh, yep. So it's a nice winter balmy day here for us. Yep. Glad you uh, glad you tuned in. Chris knows the topic today, and I don't, and we got a special guest. Yeah, so we, I come in early and worked on this um, one day this week, and what was really cool was, what's the matter? Thank you for doing that, Chris. <laughs> And what was really cool is that, you know, I figured out we tried to do this with Gary when Gary was on here and I couldn't figure it out. So I studied and studied and figured out a way to do it. So we got an awesome guest on here today. And the reason why I chose this topic and chose this guest, because it's going to be a way that we can illustrate this very thing. And that is that it's not working. Can you click this over here? You gotta have to drag it over, drag your mouse over. Now scroll it down, maybe. There we go. There we go. Was the church made to stand the test of time? All right. And so, when you think about the church, and you think about all the changes, I will say yes. (laughs) Done. Stop recording. That's it, folks. Yes, the church was made. You changed the thing on us here. There it goes. Yeah, so was the church made to stand the test of time? And, you know, what's awesome about it was it was all, I mean, yes, right? The answer is yes. The short answer is yes. But what does it look like, mm-hmm. you know, w- yeah. when you say that? And so I think this is a really cool way that we can, you want to bring, look at here. Look who we got with us today. Live from, uh, are you at home, Carlos? Yes, yes, I'm in my home in Hacaliapa, Honduras. Yeah, so we got Brother Carlos Hernandez. He's a preacher for the Lord's Church. And um, actually, Carlos, you you live in Hacaliapa, but you preach in um, uh, Via San Francisco, yeah, Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah, Guadalajara. And so, the, uh, which is about, what, 20 minutes or so from your house there? Is that right? It's about a 45 minutes uh, car drive. Yes. Y'all never get these numbers right. You know, whatever. Everybody gives nine different uh, numbers. Like, say, so how far is it from Tegucigalpa to your house? And it's like three hours, four hours, seven hours. Like, what, what are y'all talking about here? Do y'all use a sundial and start timing it at different times or something? It's because of our roads. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and for those of you who are, who are listening to us live, uh, if you can comment on here, if you can hear Carlos okay, we'd, we'd appreciate that. So the the that's what we're talking about today is wh- is the church made to stand the test of time? Now, Carlos, I got to ask you this. So, did Chris give you the topic today? Uh, he he just asked me um, how I would say that in Spanish. How would I say uh, if was the church was made to stand the test of time? Which uh, I think uh, Chris um, wrote it or typed it on the screen. And in Spanish goes like, Fue la iglesia creada para aguantar la prueba del tiempo. It First time like- ever speaking in tongues on the Unscripted Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when, when you look at the, the, the PowerPoint slide we made for this, like, there's a lot more words in yours than it was for ours, Carlos. Like, I, when I wrote this out, I thought, this doesn't sound right. This is going to sound redneck sounding if I put this up here. So, I said, I'm just going to send this to Carlos and let him translate it and do it the right way. Yeah. So, so, so I guess what I was asking is, is did you have a clue what the topic was? And then clearly I didn't. So, 
So before either of y'all go into anything, I'm going to use my uh, one of my key verses, I guess one that came to my mind, uh, and then we'll just get started. So I think about Daniel 2, 44, that, that in the days of these kings, you know, the God of heaven is going to, He's going to build a kingdom that that should not be destroyed, and and you you think about Daniel two. Let's just I guess let's just turn there. Yeah. Um. And and I know that this may be different. And Carlos, you're one of the best translators I've ever I've ever met in my entire life. And and it's pretty cool to have you on here because, um, you know I met you the same week that I met Chris, and uh, and so I never knew him before I knew you. And, uh, yeah, so we met on that fishing trip in Honduras. Well, I can't even get to Daniel. It's after Ezekiel. Thank you. <laughs> Do we need to sing the song? Carlos, sing the song. Do y'all sing the song? What song? You know, for like the books of the Bible. You know, the, the y'all have a books of the Bible song y'all sing? Yes, yes, we do. To teach the uh, kids, right? And the, uh, maybe we need to sing it for Bob then. <laughs> or if it works if I sing it in Spanish. <laughs> All right, Daniel two forty four. Yeah. So in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. And so God certainly. What kings? The days of what kings? Um, I'll let you explain that. But he's talking about this this statue that's that's going you know that that Nebuchadnezzar had this dream about, and so you have you have these these kings and these kingdoms that had, um, I guess that, that this statue represented, and and so this this kingdom certainly got established, and and we look at this rock that hit this statue and and destroyed these kingdoms, and so the. The church is to is to break into pieces and and to consume. It's not to break down. It's to spread, right? And uh, and to, and so to consume um, all these other kingdoms, and then it's going to stand forever. So it's prophesied about hundreds of years before. Yeah, that's the awesome part. And and you know, there's a there's a lot of of language. You know, the Bible uses like Galatians four four. In the fullness of time, Christ came, born of a woman, born under the law. You know, Romans five and verse six. While yet we were without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, so we've got all these things that point to, you know, a a specific time, right? And, you know, Isaiah points to, in Isaiah 2, you know, the prophecy that, like, let's let's look at that. And, Carlos, you jump in anytime you want to. Yes, sir, I can do that. (laughs) In Isaiah 2, there's this prophecy, and... That he goes through in Isaiah two and verse one, really kind of. I mean, verse two. I mean, it says, "Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He'll teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Lord, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem." And then, then you kind of tie that forward to, you know, the fact that, okay, the Isaiah says it's going to come out of Jerusalem. Right. And, and then in Matthew 16, you know, uh, the, the, the Lord talking there. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to build the church. Yes, and he's going to tie. You know, you, you get to see these things kind of come together. That's right. And in Matthew 16, 18, you know, when he's talking to Peter, and he says, 
And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. I will. It still hasn't been built yet. I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not... I mean, I'll build my church... Let me read it instead of trying to quote it. Yeah. And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So he's he's tied those two phrases Mm -hmm. synonymously together. The kingdom and the church are tied synonymously together there. Yeah, and you can you can look at it and and understand that that it's the it's the church, it's consuming, it's it's happening. Yes. Carlos, does it say doesn't it say in in verse nineteen in yours El Reino? El Reino de Cielo or El Reino de Dios? Which one does it say? El Reino de Dios. El, so in, in verse 19, it says, and I'll give you the keys to the El Reino de Dios. Is that what it says? Yes. Okay, because ours says the kingdom of heaven. And that, you know, the, the kingdom of God. Can you translate? Yeah, well, the king, well, translate it, Carlos. Tell us the difference in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. What, what, what that sounds like to, to English-speaking ears, for example, or, or, or Hispanic-speaking ears. Well, the kingdom of God is uh, for us is like a, the the extension of or how broad the kingdom of God is, and and it uh, takes us also. It uh, it it uh, includes us as His people in, on earth. Like when Jesus uh, taught them uh, how to pray to the Father, and uh, He uh, taught His disciples, His apostles to ask uh, to tell God that his his will be done uh, in earth as it is in heaven so the the kingdom of God is is uh, what includes all of his people both in heaven and on earth and okay. so the you know and when you think about it from the standpoint of the kingdom of heaven you know that almost makes us think about like some people think about the kingdom of heaven as like the spiritual place like way up there in the clouds somewhere but your version actually says the kingdom of god i mean that that shows like a you know it, it, it in my mind it draws us to a, a closer locale you know a place that's that's a homestead so to speak you know because sometimes when i sit down and i study with people in english and i say what do you think the kingdom of heaven is and they'll say heaven you know the place where god is at because they kind of think about god sitting on his throne ruling in this you know this grand place up there but but you know that's what i thought that the spanish version says you know the the kingdom of god and so when you think about that those two things like like bob says that in the latter days that god's going to bring up bring this kingdom to fruition in the days of these kings these roman kings if you look at that statue there that that daniel's talking about we can tie the roman empire to that right? yeah 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 you it's very it and, and here's the here's one of the interesting things about theology with this is that nobody really by and large says that there's any other any other uh, meaning to this. There's not like a lot of dispute. You know, there's a lot of dispute in theological circles with a lot of interpretations of the Bible and, and th- the way things are interpreted, but but everybody almost always agrees that Daniel 2.44 is pointing to the time of the Roman government. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because that's when Jesus came during that time frame. And so he says, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. The gates of Hades, the grave, you know, no matter what happens, the grave won't prevail against the church. So, so then what does that mean then? I mean, if, the, if, if does that mean the church is always going to be everywhere and in every place? Yeah, till the Lord comes back. And, and, that's the, and that's the cool thing is that even with COVID that we've seen, and Carlos, you know, you can, we would definitely want you to, to key in for us some on how that, uh, you know, COVID has affected the church in, in Honduras and certainly the other, other areas down there. But when we think about 
the the church with COVID is that you know God made the church to adapt. So when the church needed to go underground, you know when they were really being heavily persecuted, church went underground. And uh, and so today, you know, what does the church what does the church need to do today? Well, we had to adapt. You know, on my notes for for us, Carlos, my notes for for when we were planning for twenty twenty one. I had put down just, hey, I would like for us as the church to to go live stream. Well, we we I mean, thanks, for, Bob, for twenty twenty. <laughs> put down notes down for twenty twenty. So <laughs> and so, you know, the church was forced in, in in the United States. Did you put lots more money or more tools on your list? <laughs> no, I think you you should have included that then. If it was like your genie bottle, where you I could should, rub it and get should, stuff out I of should it. Should have, but but you know that was a goal for twenty twenty was for us to be able to go live and to live stream our our uh, our worship assemblies and for us to discuss those things and then lo and behold we definitely did and and the you know the podcast was born out of this and so lots of things but the church was made to adapt yeah and so Carlos tell us tell us what the what is what kind of challenges you've had uniquely to Honduras I mean obviously you know your healthcare system is different than ours obviously you know there's a lot of um, I'm going to be very judicious about the way that I use this term, but your governmental system is a little bit different than ours is, and it, it's created it's, it's some inherent challenges with that. And so tell us about how, you know, you know, when we sit here talking about this, most of America now has saw how the church has had to, had to adapt. But, but what it's done is it saw, and I'm going to use this very, very loosely, the term Christendom, you know, churches, you know, across America. I heard, um, uh, um, Brother Matt, what's his name? The lawyer up at, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'll think of it in a minute. And he said that Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, yeah, well, Faulkner. he's at Free Hardman yeah, now. Okay. Uh, Matt Vega. Vega. Boom. Matt Vega. Boom. Got it. <laughs> that said that 98% of religious uh, bodies say, it was a cessation of services during at the beginning of COVID. You know, we all had to figure out how to integrate back in. But, but that's just about the religious service, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's not the crux of Christianity. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love coming together with the church. I love being mm-hmm. together. But that's not, that's not Christianity. So, Carlos, tell us about your work there. And, and, like, I get to see your pictures of, you know, you baptizing people and all this and yeah. that and the other in there. So tell us how you guys have had to have some, make some adaptations. Tell us about it. Because, yeah, because the church standing the test of time, this goes right along with it. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that, in fact, the— the church everywhere is being affected by this situation. It's not a, something that we've seen, uh, at least in my generation, and I bet that in, in your generation either ha- had not seen this before. Um, so like down here, like Chris was explaining, we had it a little bit more difficult because of the um, health uh, situation. The um, the health department does not work as, as good as maybe in your country. But um, one of the things that uh, we have had um, is that, like, for example, it was prohibited uh, to uh, meet as a, as a group, as a church. So what does that mean, we, prohibited? What do you, when you say prohibited, do you mean, like, it was illegal for the church to meet together? Was that, was that a lot? So, and if, if uh, the church was to gather uh, during that lockdown, then uh, we would be detained and take uh under arrest maybe. so uh under arrest we would not um we would not let go until you know we had a lawyer and and I, we heard things like those happen and like in in the place where i preach is a very rural place place and um most of the people do not have like smartphones or computers where they could you know receive um 
uh, a meditation sermon on the internet. They don't even have like good internet services um, on their phones. Uh, so it was really, really difficult for us to try to um, uh, to have uh, like like what you had uh, planned, uh, Bob, uh, for your congregation going live on Facebook or on the internet to stream. It was really difficult. So we thought, like, what can we do? What what can we do? And and they, uh, we had police uh, men uh, around uh, the the places, the cities, just checking that everyone stayed at home and uh, that there were not places like churches or or other places where usually people come together. And um, so what we did is that we asked uh, family uh, leaders, family uh, members to get together in their homes. And um, so the men of, so you were saying that you would charge like the, so for example, in, in Daniel's house, your brother, you know, Daniel and his sweet wife and, and they're, you know, so would it be just Daniel, his wife and their little girl or was it okay for like you and, and, and your daddy and your mama and all those to kind of come in together with it? How, how did that work out? We could do it, but uh, in our case, uh, the, the example that you're mentioning, we were, we're living in different places, different ser- cities. Right. But uh, in Guadalajara, the congregation where, where I serve, so I had to ask uh, uh, the man of, of each family to uh, start uh, or continue uh you know, reading scripture, singing songs, doing prayers, and partaking partake of the Lord's Supper in their home. So the the way I could do it is try to at least um, give them directions of how to do it. So I would uh, call them and tell them what passages to read and and the meditation that they could do. And um, so, like, if there's like three uh, or four or five relatives of, you know, that belongs to just one home, then they could stay together and, and worship God. And, and after a while, then they, um, this lockdown, uh, uh, directions, these lockdown, uh, limitations were, you know, coming down and we were, they were allowed to, to, to meet like, uh, 10 of them, they would allow to meet, uh, to have people meet with like, uh, a number of 10 people meet. And then, um, that's how we did it. Um, we're, right now during this pandemic, our church grew. Actually, we had, uh, several people coming to church looking for God. So although this was, this was a really, and what do you mean you had people like you mean coming to your assembly? Is that what yes. you're saying? Like, yeah, they, they were like, they were like, friends or relatives, people that we had talked uh, about God, uh, taught them the gospel, but they were not interested before um, mm-hmm. to come. And Why to do you church. think that is, Carlos? What's that? Why do you think that is for? Oh, no, they, they, now, they now understood how uh, fragile we are and how, you know, uh, several of their uh, loved ones or people that they knew uh, were alive and healthy and then after a while they were very ill and and some of them passed so now they understand how important it is to be with god and to have god not not only because we know that in his providence he will uh take care of us but also that if we are to uh, die we will have a better place and so we had we had during this pandemic uh, time we had like uh, four or five families being added to the church amen uh, wow amen uh, 
So is that why y'all are building the the extension onto the? Because last time I was there, you know, that little extension y'all built on the building is basically just a was just a little shed, you know, or like a little lean to out back, and y'all poured a floor and and that's where you're putting the classes for the kiddos now, right? Exactly. So the, this is a good thing that came out of this bad situation. More people coming to church and even bringing their ki- their kids, their children. And because we still have some regulations, like we need to be like uh, uh, two feet apart from each other. You mean uh, you our, mean two meters, six feet? Uh, yeah, like two meters. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, meters. yeah. Space uh, two feet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> You can, I'm yeah, I'm two feet, Carlos. Just so you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm two feet from this. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so two meters. Yeah, we sit it uh, apart uh, from each other, and uh, so since we want to meet those regulations, when we needed to tear down a wall to be able to get all of those people there. And that, that took us to, um, that brought us to the necessity of building a classroom only for the children. And that's how we are, uh, we're getting like uh, 30 children every Sunday. Wow. We only have five or, or most 10, like mostly 10 before the pandemic. And then with these families being added and children and, and families looking to, learn more about God. And that's when I, uh, talking about this uh, topic that you're talking about, uh, we've had to, we've had to do new, uh, new things, maybe not new, but new to us, like um, go, like going to, to the homes of people and telling them that um, God does care about them, but uh, more, more especially God, cares about their spiritual health and that um, they needed to look for that spiritual health in the first place. And we've been doing like meetings in the homes when they've requested it. Always, you know, doing or practicing the regulations the government has asked us to practice. But uh, this way we've had, um, we're, we're having more people coming to church. So yes, as a church, we will keep on seeing this type of this type of situations. You know, Carlos, what I think is cool, I'm going to interrupt you here because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about like all the craziness that we've had to deal with in America and, and you in know, the United States. Yeah, that's right. Carlos, you, flog you down. Yeah, there, exactly. I forgot. We're all Americans, America. Carlos. I get you. Right. You're just a Central American. But, you know, in aquí en los Estados Unidos and the um, but the all the challenges that we've had and I'm sitting there thinking like, Chris, you're so stinking foolish. You just you're still thinking about yourself all the time, and you know. And, and what I forget is that you know, like y- y'all's little church building out there in the middle of nowhere. I mean, like it's down this little gravel road, and and you know they're growing corn across the street and beside it, and on the other side of it, there's just nothing around it but the church building. Yeah, and across the street is not a highway, right, Carlos? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not even a byway. Yeah. Okay, and the. Uh, but I'm just sitting there thinking, Pot like, pass. look at all the people that, that have come to the church because yeah. of this now. And, and so if, if whatever, income, you know, what I get to see is that when God's people really want to move the world, they can do it. Yeah, and, and that's the awesome thing, too, is that we get so caught up in being in our own self and thinking about me when really God's got so much more. The plans that he, have, that he has, it, it may be totally different than my situation, but I may... 
I may need to to endure some things so that his mission can be accomplished. Yeah, endure. That's what Paul told Timothy, right? Endure, fight. You know, yeah. he used all these words. And, you know, and, and do Peter the work of the evangelist. About, yeah, and Peter talked about suffering, and and uh, and it's a. Uh, but when I when I think about suffering, it's uh, you know, our our worst day in the United States, uh, you know, doesn't even compare to some of the things that you know that that your country has to put up with, Carlos, and so. We thank you for uh, for just you know being a ambassador for Christ wherever you're at, and you're just we, we appreciate you so much and how awesome you are. And so, so kind of looking at how the church has adapted, and thank you for for telling us about those things. But Chris, you started in on this a little bit how that how that Jesus said he's going to establish the church, and he and he tells Peter he says. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. That's right. And so when Peter on Pentecost, he unlocks that door. That's right. right? He stands up. So that's why you see in Acts 2, verse 1, they were gathered in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit is poured out on them. And Peter essentially unlocks the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And the awesome part about the church is like, Carlos, you and I have been together establishing churches before. We've been together and started congregations before. And what's really cool about this is that you get to see, like I read the other day, and I think I was telling somebody about this and I don't remember who it was and so the um I may have been telling you Bob but they they found a squirrel covered in I was talking to one of our members Tatiana and she tell me okay well she was she's from Siberia right because mm-hmm. we're talking about how cold it was and yeah. and and uh, she was like I'm just glad it's not below 20 for a month yeah you know and I, I'm just really glad yeah exactly right. and and but they found in Siberia a squirrel okay and now, what, now say, Chris, what's special about a squirrel? Breaking news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they found the squirrel, but they the squirrel, when they opened it up inside his stomach, was seeds from an extinct fern. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I have no idea how they know. You know, like there must be some dude that's got the board. What's your job? I am the fern classifier. I'm the best fern yeah. classifier that this world has ever seen. <laughs> but so what they did was they were just so excited about finding these seeds of this fern. And you know what they did? They planted them. Well, guess what grew? Ferns. That fern grew. That fern. Wow. That fern grew. No other fern grew. That fern grew. And that's probably the squirrel off of Ice Age. The, <laughs> the one that's trying to get the little nut, the acorn. The nut. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the 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 awesome part about it is, is what I was going to allude to with like Carlos is that the Lord made the church to survive, and it will always survive as long as we're planting the seed. Yes. The seed is the word of God. You know, Jesus uses this parabolically in Matthew thirteen, mm-hmm. and over and over, there's this illustration that the Lord, as long as we plant. The pure seed, pure fruit will grow from it. And that's so cool with God giving the increase that would, like Carlos, with y'all, you'd planted the seed. And I don't, you know, you made a comment a minute ago about how that it was kind of something new for y'all to to go around to these people's houses. And if we lose you on the Zoom call, just just log back in on the same thing, and we'll get you back up and going. Me and Chris will keep talking, but but with 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 COVID, it it allowed that seed to be. God gave the increase on it that you had planted before, but I know that you guys are evangelistic and go out door to door because we've been with you on the campaigns and, and, and you guys do those things regardless if, if, uh, you know, guys from the United States are coming down or not. And, but, but that's it. That's an awesome thing to see that seed for God to give the increase, even through a hardship time like COVID for people to obey the gospel. That's right. And I think uh, that's, that's a awesome thing from, um, from this whole situation, you know, 
the Bible says in first Peter that the word of God is, um, will last forever. Right. Amen. So we planted, we don't know when that's, uh, coming up, when that's going to grow, but God sometimes, um, and not sometimes, but always uses, uh, the situations for the best and for, or for the people he wants their salvation. That's why he's so patient with us. So yeah, we had preached to those families before we had gone to their houses to study the Bible, but they didn't seem to be interested. But now because of this situation, now that uh, seed is uh, bringing up some fruit and then they become children of God. You know, doesn't it teach us to be patient? You know, I mean, you think about this, the Lord, you know, he likens it to a seed. And, and, and like on the way from uh, from Tegu to your house, Carlos, when you're on that, that long, what is it, the Calle Principal, is that the name of it or whatever it is, the main highway that runs yes. there? And so when, you, when you're running from your house to, I mean, from, from the capital city to your house and you pass that big university, what's the name of that university? Zambrano, is that Zambrano, Zambrano, what's the name of it? Yeah, yeah. And what's really neat about that place is, is that, you know, you ride through there and all these people from all over the world come there and they work on all these different hybrid genetics of types of corn and sugar cane and what is it like papaya, all kinds of stuff that's growing through there. And, and, and the reason why all these people come is because this is the place that is so fertile that they can just constantly, constantly, constantly grow stuff and replenish stuff. The climate is just perfect in the situation to where they can make it to where it's going to be the right time and the right way and everything. And so that, that's what we do sometimes with regards to, to wanting to plant seed. Right. You know, like, like I want the perfect conditions, the perfect soil, the perfect everything. And, and what we realize, it just takes time. It just takes time after. We just got to keep at it. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but like for me, um, me and you both have, have planted things all our lives, I guess, for a long time. And and uh, and there's uh, we got to wait on him to come back, right? Yeah, I don't know how to do it, though. Do you know how to do it? No, I thought it just popped back up earlier for him. But uh, but nevertheless, the, when you look at, you know, whenever I always went to put out my garden uh, years ago, I would um, – I would try to – I would always want to get it out early. And, of course, in, in Tennessee with with that, I would um, – you know, I would always try to try to get my garden out early. Well, it, it would – you know, the, either the ground's too cold, the it's certainly too wet. And and so I wanted – I wanted on my conditions. But sometimes whenever you got to put your potatoes out, you got to put them out in the mud sometimes. And, and so if you, if you want potatoes to, to grow later, and, and the bad thing is, is once you put them in the ground, is you don't know what's going to happen with them and, until it comes harvest time. You put that little sprout in the ground, and, and it may or may not go. Um, but but as, you, as you think about potatoes, you know, they made that movie, Faith Like Potatoes, but you certainly, you plant that seed, and it may not be in the conditions that you want it to. I can remember... Um, there was a, a case that I was working one time, and I'll keep this brief, but um, but I was a, a guy had obeyed the gospel, but it it started off with me being in a situation that I hated, and and I was just lividly mad about it, and so I had worked a burglary, and um, and this guy had had pawned some items at a pawn shop, and so I had gone and recovered the items and gotten his information. I mean. The guy had given his he'd given his driver's license, 
And uh, what do you mean he gave it his driver's license? He had to give his driver's license when he pawned it, when he pawned the items. And so item A is stolen. It has a serial number. It was like a drill or something, you know. But it was multiple items. So you pawn a drill. Got this. They got the serial number that lines up. You give the pawn shop your driver's license, and they take it down. And then all of a sudden, this thing, you know, I come back to the pawn shop and say, "Hey, this item's stolen." And uh, and so I had had gone to talk to to him at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, his daddy cussed me out down at the end of the driveway, and uh, and said, "No, he ain't talking to you." Blah blah blah, and was was yelling and screaming at me because of a, a he was saying that the house it was stolen from was a drug house. They got his kid on drugs. Blah blah blah. So I said, okay, well, if he didn't want to talk, that's fine. I was going to give him the opportunity to. And, and, um, but long, long, long of it is, is I was in, it was a Wednesday night. Carlos, I'm telling a war story. It was a, it was a Wednesday night. So I've been cussed out by this boy's daddy, had him dead to rights. Wednesday evening had gone to church and then went to, um, then had went to, um, to Sonic and was there eating ice cream with my family and church members and and i get a call from the jail saying hey this boy and his mom are up here to he wants to talk to you about this case and i'm mad because it's nine o'clock at night and i said i'm trying to take care of the situation at three o'clock in the afternoon and so nine o'clock at night whenever it's time for me to help help my wife put kids down to bed and so uh that type of thing so i'm mad well so i went up there got the boy's confession well as i was Walking into Central Control, there there stood a guy named Grady who had known him for years, and Grady was in there, and and I just stopped in to chat with him for just a second, asked Grady how it was going. He's like, "Man, I got bad results on a biopsy." Oh man! And so then I began to talk to him, and and he was telling me all about it, and I prayed with him. So then I left, and I drove like a half mile down the road, and I said, "I said, you idiot, go back and talk to him about his soul." You're right. And so by this time it's like eleven forty five at night. And so I could could have gone and sat down with him but gone and gone and gone to bed. But Which went, is what you wanted to do. Yeah. And so I didn't even have my Bible with me. And so I'm like, what do I do? So I went to my office and, and my wife had given me some prayer Bible for a police officer and I'm like, Man, that's some modern translation. Right. I don't think that's Grady's cup of tea. So then uh, somebody gave me a prophecy of Bible that was King James, and I said, I'm going to use that one. So I went up in there and said, Grady, I said, I don't know why, but I came back and I said, how are you with God? And that began a study of six hours in central control of of the you know of, of a correctional facility and then I baptized him at 6 a.m. right after sunrise. And, and so sometimes when you're planting those potatoes, you're planting those seeds, it may not be in the conditions. I mean, I was mad as the world can get having to go back up there to the office after I've been cussed out by his daddy. Now you want me to come on your time. Right. You know, and, and not Courtney's time, not Courtney's time. That's right. Mama was mad. Yeah. Mama wasn't liking that. Was she? No. And, but it was a, it was a lesson for me and it was a lesson for her that it was, it was all about Grady. It was about his soul that needed to be saved. Yeah. So, so what, what, what do you think? What, what do you? Th- what kind of adaptations do you see we're going to have to make in the future? Then, like Carlos, what do you think that you're going to see out of this? What kind of, you know, ways we're going to have to adapt? What do you think? Well, for once, lessons uh, we've learned. You know, now we, you know, the hard knocks lessons, right? Yes, yes. Like for once, uh, we we have. I I was telling you because I know Chris, you're very interested in coming down to Honduras. And about some regulations, like um, we we have to do some uncomfortable things 
because we want to continue worshiping God. And we'll we sign him up, we whatever you need him to do. No problem. <laughs> and uh, like, for example, we have to use over here, we have to use mouth covers, uh, mouth masks. He's and, fine with uh, that. And uh, no, he's we, not. We're even having to, um, you know, we, we need we need to spray ourselves with um, with some type of uh, of alcohol uh, thing. I'll so send five we- gallons down for him. That's fine. Hey, Keep are y'all on. get the kind made by the alcohol companies down there? Like the worst ones I hate is the one that are made by the companies that make like booze. Like you go into a store. Oh and yeah, and then you they, smell like sour mash. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you smell like sour. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I smell like whiskey. Yeah. You know, I hate that. Right. I hate that stinking stuff. Yeah, Preacher's so, uh, been drinking. Right, exactly. So you know, like going forward, you know, like uh, you're 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 building that extension onto your church building over there. And that's going to provide a place for your kids to grow, you know, to, to go into. Because kind of before, y'all were using that little central meeting hall, you know, or whatever, you know, auditorium for, for lack of a better term. And the, uh, but what do you, what, what do you think you're going to? So you got these people that you planted seeds before, and now they're there, right? Now you're starting to see some fruit of it and the frustration. So, what is this going to do for you on a go forward basis? You know, so you, you've planted these seeds before and you've seen this time. Like, I think about us now, like, you know, I get people. I got a, a, some people that called me from Pasadena last week and just wanted to thank us so much from the for the service and and they're watching our services online and and you know it's really a cool thing to be able to you know to think about that we can get this you know broadcast idea but I don't ever want to get in the mode of competition you know I mean we're never going to be able to compete with Marvel Studios right, right. yeah this is not a Netflix series yes exactly right and and so. You know what are what are we going to what lessons are we going to have to learn? What are we going to have to do? I mean, like you know, one of the challenges I think we're going to have is what's it going to look like in reintegration? You know, when people come back, are you guys? Do you think that I think that people just Jessica and I were talking about this this morning? Like people are just going to be scared for, you know, she and she said four or five years. You know, people may be scared of this Could thing. Be. I thought COVID was going to pass in like four months, and then here we Dude, are. Dude, I thought that once we stop for a week. Like, it was like two weeks, and we're going to be, you know, yeah. punching tickets again. All right, so, Carlos, he asked you like 20 questions, and then he went into his rant. So, so we'll, let you, we'll let you answer those. All 20, Carlos. Ready to go. So, for example, um, there, there was this, this one experience that we had. One of our brothers, um, he, he's actually uh, from Tegu, but he does some photography work. And when he's on our area, he comes – with us and, and worships God with us on Sunday. So um, on, on a certain Sunday, he was with us and, and he's very, you know, kind and he's wanting to shake hands, hug brothers and sisters. And um, then on, on the next day, on Monday, he called me and says, hey, brother, I need you to know that I, I was positive for COVID. So um, please let the church know because i know i hugged some sisters and some brothers uh shook their hands so just uh let them know so i had to right i i needed to let them know and they, they were very nervous and and the next sunday after that uh we had uh like four people that did not show up to church so we went and visited and did you say and, four yeah four okay. yeah okay four. but uh um we went and, and visited and, and they told us they were really afraid. Most, um, the four of them are, you know, elderly people 
and uh, they they uh, either themselves or their relatives told them to stay at home better. So, you know what to do with uh, with them. I know that they, they love God, and I know that they have shown that. And it's not that they don't want to come to church; they're not forsaking the assembly, but they just uh, are afraid. So, w what do we need to do? And um, those are some of the things that we are. Uh, trying to do like like Chris and you Bob you know you know how people are down here in Latin America we at the end of the service we shake hands we even hug and right. and that that for now at least we we are not doing I, I, I was telling them hey I know I myself love to hug you but um, we we are we're not to do it for now if you're not comfortable so no Romans uh, 16 16 right read one another <laughs> with the holy kiss the church, the churches of Christ salute you. Salute you, yeah. And so, um, yes, and, and um, we're, we're starting to see this. Thankfully, uh, none of those uh, who uh, were able to, you know, hug these brother who had uh, pos tested positive for COVID, none of them are sick, uh, thankfully. But um, these are one of the things that we're seeing. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's a challenge, that's for sure. It is challenging, but um, like the way we see it, the way we tell them, like, I know that you love God and, and, and for your health, uh, you need to take care and probably stay there. But um, nothing will substitute uh, your fellowship with the rest of the brothers and sisters and being in fellowship with uh, God. Um, and so whenever you... you um, feel comfortable we encourage you to come back if you want to and we will keep on praying for you and we will keep on doing all our meeting the regulations the government asks us to do sure Last yeah and so so as you as you think about challenges so that's kind of a covid challenge but what do you see something happening you know for the just the future of the church and i know that you're not a, i'm not asking you to be a prophet or whatever but what do you see some of the challenges in the next 10 years for for uh you know, for, for the church in Honduras? Well, uh, I think uh, several, like like Chris was mentioning, we have, we're having ministers who are, you know, they're, they're starting to like the uh, online service, the online preaching, the online teaching, and, uh, and, and, and maybe they're afraid of not going to um, the people, they're afraid of, of going to people and uh, preaching to them, you know, live, face-to-face. -face. And um, we, we're seeing this uh, a lot down here. Carlos, don't I, you think that, that this is kind of a cool way you can think about the fact that, that you can, Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. So you got this idea that, that you know, we've got an, a tremendously awesome opportunity that we can use to, to advance the kingdom. I mean, you and I are thousands of miles apart, and we're talking like we're in the room with you right here. But also, it can become a crutch mm -hmm. to where I think I can really, I'm doing what God wants me to do because I'm a TV preacher. Yeah, there's and, a statistic out there right now that says that over the last, you know, 100 years that, and even in the last 50 years, that there the churches have been a... A local a local place with a um, with a finger with a fingerprint on the internet and so now we're gonna now churches are going to become places that that will be established on the internet but they'll just have 
a kind of a fingerprint location. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So, so like Amazon store. Yeah, yeah, You've never yeah. visited an Amazon store in person. Right. right. So they're saying that that's the, that's that's what the church is going to go to because of COVID and because of technology. Yeah, but that's just there's just so many challenges with that. That's right. And the, and, w- and what they're looking at is they're not looking at truly scripture and how that we consider one another in order right. to stir up love and good works. Exactly. And what we're going to do with that is just we'll be able to be our TV preachers and get our you know our tithe right. Yeah, maybe we'll get our jets and yeah. uh, we can come fly down to yeah, see exactly. you anytime, Carlos. Right. Exactly. Smuggle you in and the but the you know that's just the challenges of it. But I'm just I'm so glad that. You know, what's really awesome, one of the things I love about talking to our brothers wherever they're at in the world is that no matter how these conversations go, they all have the same motive. Mm-hmm. They all have the same motive, and when they have the same motive, they have the same outcome. You know, because, you know, I, I can say that we have really grown, that the church here has grown during this time period. We have learned at KW. And I know that, the, you know, Carlos, you think about what they've done. I mean, they, they've put the, the ball in the hands of a lot of these men to run with or kick with. Or is that what y'all would say? You know, put put the ball in your feet or something. I don't know the, the illustration. Soccer. Yeah. And, but, but you know, the, I'm just, what you get to see is that the church really will thrive as long as we just keep planting the seed and doing what the Lord wants us to do. And you look at how many men have needed to step up in their homes to begin with and, and how the COVID has, has allowed opportunities for that to, for men and, you know, to be able to lead in their houses and, and, and also how they've, they've been challenged. And so they might've had some kind of like our Joshua generation or like a phone call from Carlos that's saying, you know, hey, let's focus on these scriptures for this week, and then, but you lead your family. It's like, oh, okay, well, I've never did that before. Well, okay, now you're going to get to, but, but you've also seen the, the the challenges of it, how it's how it's attacked the. I've seen how it's attacked marriages and and um, and in so many ways. I yeah, mean, and that attacks the church. I'm sure that you guys are dealing with a depression and everything there too, right, Carlos? Definitely, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we had um, situations where. Uh, uh, especially younger people, uh, you know, who are used to going out, go to their study centers or go, to, you know, out on weekends and, and they're, they're all sad and, you know, ha- that they had to stay at home. But like Bob's saying that, that this brought an opportunity for them to grow spiritually, to, to see uh, more than just the physical, more than just the, the material world that we are on, that we're living on. But, um, uh, we they, they've been growing. This is one of the things that that uh, if you uh, remember um, the the church in uh, Jerusalem, uh, the intention of Jesus whenever before he ascended to heaven was that the church would grow, starting from Jerusalem right. to Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. But then they started to you know to be together just in Jerusalem. Everything was growing, doing all right. Uh, everything was nice until persecution came right so uh it, it it was because of uh the situation of persecution that the church grew and went to samaria that's right the rest of the world if it had not been because of the start of that persecution then um the church would have not gone out from jerusalem and that's what we have to do we and we've done it like with internet and and several congregations are are going to different um communities around not just uh, our you know community like in, my, in our case in Guadalajara we've gone out to other communities we have like five five families visiting with us from neighbor communities and that's what we need to do we need to so isn't go. it awesome that the lord can shake it up 
That's wrong. That's you know, right. so what you get to, you know, you say that I'm just thinking like, you know, people are the same timelessly. So the church was made to last a timeless age. Yeah. You know, if, if they would have got comfortable in Jerusalem, they would have stayed there. And you know what happens when you get comfortable? You get perezoso. You get what, Carlos? Lazy. That's right. And so, you know, that that's the awesome part about it. So, hey, I'm glad that you guys joined us today. We did go a little long, but we had yeah, a lot we, to talk we went about. Long on, we went long on purpose. You know, we yeah. had Carlos today. and um, Yeah, and so we got to – hey, if you guys want to know any more about Carlos, you know, check him out on Facebook. The um, uh, I'm sure, you know, he's – uh, liked our page and he's friends with bob and i so certainly you guys reach out to him if you want to encourage him and let him know carlos you got anything you want to say to wrap it up oh man i just love being with you and uh just hogs and and love to all the church over did there did you call us hogs <laughs> no, no 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 just you know hugs oh hugs <laughs> <laughs> okay i was just making sure no that's her deeper but uh I love you guys and just keep up the good work and let's uh like like I've heard the expression let's take you know the church out of the building now let's take the church out of the uh, of of the internet and out of the uh, Facebook and Instagram let's take it out to the community also amen Carlito juntos somos más somos más hermanos bye bye God bless. Right. yeah that's together we're more thank you for joining us today you can check us out on the unscripted podcast on uh where we're all we at anchor facebook youtube yeah all of them yeah this is the unscripted podcast